I know it's cliche, but I think it's important, and uh, it's it's what I'm going to try to be better at with this year with my students in the youth ministry, and, and really telling them, um, th- this is not my sermon, but I just kind of feel convicted that this is the year I really need to reassess what I'm rallying, what I'm rallying my heart and mind around, and who and what I'm pointing towards. So my whole theme for this year with my youth group is all it's going to be very evangelistic and sort of just the idea of rallying around God's truth and pointing our hearts towards God's glory. So. Um, and I hope that we can do the same because um, it's been a challenging couple of years, and we we need to remember, uh, you know, what what are we putting our hope and trust on, our, in? What are we rallying around? And uh, ultimately, what is all of our motivation? And what are we putting um, glorifying? And so, uh, so I'm excited about this year. And I know it's just a turn of a you know corner. You know, there's nothing different from yesterday to today, but I think in some cases it kind of is. I mean, it is sort of that idea of like, you know what, no, to, today, you know, choose this day whom you will serve. And so, um, yes, thank, thank you, Pastor Bill, for, for that lead in. And I, I hope my words do speak, um, cause I was, I was convicted, um, and hopefully you will be too by, by the word of God, uh, every day in, as we go into this new year. So, uh, let, I'm just going to pray one more time and then and then jump into it. So, God, I thank you for this moment that I get to come up here in front of the church and uh, just speak from my heart and, and be a little bit open and honest about um, where, I, where I am, where I think we, we should be, and how we should step into this new year. And so uh, just bless my words, and, and may it speak to, to those in the, in the audience and online that need to hear it. And we thank you for your word. Amen. So I don't know if you guys know this, but um, I, I am from Nebraska originally. That's where I was born. So I have a lot of memories of, of uh, being on the farm with my grandfather. And so I really appreciated this story when I heard this. Apparently, one once upon a summer, there was a farmer, and he got himself a new truck and a new trailer, and he was ready to break them in. And so he, he, uh, he got his farm hands together, and they loaded it up with all the hay bales that they could, and he, he took out on the road. Out on the highway, wanted to open her up and see how she handled. And uh, he was going along, and, well, the load shifted. Not a lot, but just enough that one of those bales started to rub a little bit on the wheels. And, uh, well, it caught fire. <laughs> so this, it caught fire, and, and he didn't notice that this thing had caught fire. And, uh, you know, there's this thing in the Midwest, if you're from the Midwest, you know, Everybody you drive by, you wave. You know, either it's the little, you know, it's three fingers, the, you know, but everyone waves. So people were waving at him, you know, and they're they're getting a little hysterical. And he's like, okay, well, people are a little hyper, a little a little up today, but hey, 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 you know, just kind of waving. Well, eventually he caught it. Eventually he looked back and he caught on. And this this uh, guy went, oh, well, you know, in his moment, you never know how you're going to react. But in that moment, he said, well. I got to do something to jettison this load because if I stop, it's just going to spread. And I like this truck. The trailer may be gone. So he started tearing off even faster and swerving, trying to jettison his load. Uh, unfortunately, this then turned into producing just a Dante's Inferno of of the countryside as these bales are flying left, right, and center, and the fire count the you know the counties out there with their fire trucks trying to run and gun this guy down. While he's while he is just uh, setting the countryside ablaze, and so once upon a time there was a, there was a, a farmer who set the countryside ablaze, 
And, and this is what, this is what the kingdom of God should be like. That's, that's what we should be like. We should be the blaze through the darkness. And, uh, that we should be the, the ones leaving people going, man, what just came through here? In fact, that was my next slide, actually. Um, so let's, let's be that, the, the fire of the Holy Spirit. I, I want us to blaze into this new year with a fire and, and just a passion that, that spreads. That people will go, man, I, that, they, they are embracing, their, they know their gospel, they embrace their gospel, they are living their gospel, and they are sharing that gospel. And so, as we, as, you know, I, I want us to have a fire, like almost a fire in our bones. And so, uh, on my next slide, uh, Jeremiah 29 says, But if I say I will not speak, I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name. His word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. Is that it? Is that how it is? Is that how it is for us? Is that how it is for me? I mean, is the word of God like a fire in your bones? Do you yearn? Do you guys, do you guys have a desire for God's wisdom? Do you, do you have a, a passionate, burning desire towards God? Does it weary you to not share the gospel? Is it, I mean, is it, has it, have you ever thought about describing your passion for God's love and sharing it as, as being physically painful? I mean, that's a zeal that I want to have going into this year. It's a, it's a zeal that, you know, that that, that word zeal actually, I love this, this word zeal. I studied it once, uh, because I wanted to go deeper with it. When when we talk about the English word zeal, did you guys know it can actually derive its meaning from a Greek word zoe, zoe, zoe. and the Greek word zoe is um, is a root word for boil, so to boil. So we our zeal should be: Do we boil for God? Um, you know, could could your love for God be described as a boiling inside that same root? Of Zoe can uh, also is the where we get the English phrase or t- uh, term uh, jealousy. So if Zoe meaning to boil, zeal, jealousy. Um, we serve a loving God, a jealous God who desires that we boil with zeal for Him, to know Him and make Him known. And so, uh, you know, Peter and John were before the Sanhedrin, and and they're questioning Him, kind of kind of coming at Him, and and. And the Sanhedrin is uh, is impressed by their zeal and says, you know, they're saying, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to listen to him? You be the judge. As for us, we cannot help but speak of the things that we have seen or heard. This is Acts chapter 4, 19. And by uh, just supporting verse, I threw in Luke chapter nineteen forty, where it says, I tell you, if we keep quiet, even these stones are going to cry out. You know, is that is that how it is with us? Do the Sanhedrin of this world, the the the, do the people, the judge, the, the the authorities, and the people that judge and, and scrutinize us, um, can they see that we're different? Can they see that we've been with Jesus because of the way that we're living our lives? And so, uh, you know, can we not help but speak? Are we compelled? Are we not able to help share? the joy of our salvation. That's a boiling word. And so I want to talk about that on Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 through um, 14. 
which is which is kind of my main verse for today. It's the idea of the the beautiful, powerful language of Paul, that active word usage that is so indicative of his writing. And and I'll just go ahead and read this. It says, not that I have already obtained it, uh, obtained all this, or that I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ has taken hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider to have taken myself yet to have taken hold of it, but I myself, forgetting what lies behind, strain towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Philippians chapter 4, 12 through 14. Taken hold, obtained, pressed on, strained towards. I'm even going to throw in heavenward. That's that idea of rallying around something and pointing towards, you know, I am heavenward. Are you guys boiling? Are you, are you zealous? Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe we're entering this world feeling a little bit full of Cheerios. <laughs> what? <laughs> I had a friend in seminary once. Mario is his name. And he explained to me that sometimes we become Cheerio-filled Christians. And, and it really resonated with me. I hope it'll with you too. Um, you know, may, we, maybe we've simmered down. Maybe we don't have that Zoe. Maybe we're not boiling anymore. And I mean, that's dangerous. That's not, that's a, that's a dangerous place to be. Um, because Revelations 3.16 says, Because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spew you out of my mouth. That's, that's, that's God speaking to, him, to, to his creation. And I went, okay. So Mario says, Cheerio-filled Christian. Some, you're busy, you're full of junk, sickness, and death. And um, I don't think I need to take the poll. But if I did... Let's, you know, a lot of us are parents and grandparents in here. Um, what do we give our kids when we're in a hurry? Snacks. Snacks. You know, like we, when, when, our, when we're in a hurry, I don't have to take a poll. I guess I could say raise your hand if, if you've done this. But Cheerios, isn't that sort of the let's go, come on, out of the house. Yes, we're dressed. Let's get on. Let's get going. Here's your, here's your Ziploc full of Cheerios. Get it. That's the currency of parents. That's the let, let's go, move it on, move it on parent, currency of parents. Um, so a Cheerio-filled Christianity looks like this. When you become so busy in your life that, you're, that you no longer set a precedent for spiritual health, you fill yourself with the Cheerios of this world. You get very caught up in rushing and moving from point to point to point that you are, when you finally do stop, when you finally do get to a point where you could actually enjoy some steak and potatoes of God's word, you have you are so full of worldly little snacks and 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 you know treats, and you are so exhausted that you are you don't want to do it. You don't want to eat, and so many of us hear about the Bible. Many of us hear a lot about it, but we really don't take the time to personally and intentionally study it ourselves, and we're spiritual sick spiritually sick and sickness begins to enter our hearts and minds and before we know it we're not full with the, we're not full of the right nutrition we're cheerio filled christians and we need real food if we're really going to heal and so sin makes us lose our appetite and when the scripture shines in it shines in on that sin and you know 
if we're not careful, death death can can enter into our hearts and minds. And so babies crave food. The dead don't. And so I hope, I hope that this year we can have an expectation. I hope we can begin to approach this year with a new or a new sense of zeal, of devotion, expectation, and zeal. I hope that on my next slide, you know, I'll, I, I have this, <laughs> now I've taken some liberties. I hope you don't, uh, but, uh, to spin off of James chapter one, I, I changed the words a little bit. So, uh, but after devotion is conceived, it will give birth to expectation. Expectation when it is fully grown gives birth to zeal. If you know the original, it says, it talks about sin and sin producing death and, but, but I say, you know, when we, when we have devotion, it does produce in us expectation. That expectation in time gives birth to, to that zeal. And so this year, my prayer for myself and for all of us in this room is that we would restore the joy of our salvation and that God would grant in us a willing spirit to sustain us. Because you're right, it has been a last, it has been a, a hard couple of years, uh, pastor. It has been difficult. And so I pray that we will begin to zealously know Know it, embrace it, live it, and share it, which is uh, where I am going to take us today. I'm going to walk us through knowing our, knowing it, embracing it, living it, and sharing it. And so I want you to consider this statement, the statement that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You know, it's a verse that only has 12 words, but it contains a very powerful message. And as a youth pastor, I had to include a funny little meme to the side. So, um, but it's not that simple. One does not simply get saved. You don't just wake up and go, I think today I'm going to be saved. Uh, you know, or I, I, I'm, let's, you know, it just, you, you know it, you embrace it, you live it, you share it. It, it what? What do you do? What do you share? The gospel. You know it, you embrace it, you live it, you share the gospel. Now, what is, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is what you need to know before you can act on what God is calling you to. So the gospel, I mean, I won't take a tangent and go into the whole all of sin falling short of the glory of God and you know, Jesus Christ our Lord Savior. Actually, I'm kind of going that direction. But what I'm saying is the gospel is the good news, the, the story of redemption. And so Romans chapter 10, verses 14 says, How then can we call on the one that we have not believed in? How can we believe in the one whom we have not heard? And how can we hear without someone preaching? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? So the opportunity to repent, the opportunity to be transformed, the opportunity to know it, to know the gospel requires hearing the gospel. So, um, so are we doing that? Are we making that known? Are we making the gospel known? Am I making the gospel known? You know, what are we, what are we making known? Uh, so we need to know, no, we need to know it. The greatest story ever told. That's the story I'm talking about. The story of, I mean, every great superhero movie has backstory, right? It's, the story is, is, uh, is far, but this story, the gospel story, it's far greater than any Marvel movie. This is a story that actually happened. This is a story about God creating a world, creating us. It's about us looking at him and boldly and foolishly telling him it wasn't enough and then separate being separated by sin 
this is a story about God. This is the story about, I want us to rally our hearts and minds around God's truth and point our hearts towards his glory because he's the main character. He, in the beginning, God. He's the beginning. He's the author. We're the damsel in distress. We're, we're, let's not sugarcoat it. We're the sinner locked in the high tower. And Jesus Christ, fully God, fully man, he's the one that came and rescued us and bridged that gap of separation between us and God's broken, the broken shalom, as I talked about previously. So the plot, but God proves his love for us that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. That's, that's the plot. So you need to know it. You need to know that we are who, who God is, who we are, where we are before we're saved and what God has called it and what Jesus Christ has done for us. And then embrace that. Embrace it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. That sounds like a best-selling plot to me. Um, you know, there's, <laughs> it's, in the words of uh, in the words of Bob Dylan, I know you never expected that from the pulpit, but <laughs> there's there's a song that he wrote. You got to serve somebody. It says, "You may be an ambassador to England or France. You may be a gambler. You may like to dance, but you got to serve somebody." Yeah, it might be the devil. It might be it might be the Lord, but you got to serve somebody. Maybe you know the song, and I don't know much about Bob Dylan's songs, but I heard that and I went, "Yeah, you're right." You do have to serve somebody, and you can't. You, it, it's a weird paradox, but you don't. You, you're gonna serve somebody. You, you're gonna serve God. You're gonna serve the, the Lord. Uh, you're gonna serve the Lord or the devil or or not. And so you got to choose who you're gonna serve. And here's the thing: we're all we all embrace a master, whether or not we like it, because. You know, we embrace masters. Some of us embrace dating as a master. Some of us embrace. Um, relationships. Some of us in date, uh, can, can date our time and schedule by the money we pursue, academic prowess, popularity, you name it. There are things that we allow ourselves to be lorded over by. And so that is, you gotta know who do you, what do you, what do you know about yourself? What do you know about God? What are you embracing and how are you living that? Because you're gonna be a slave to somebody. You're gonna be, so let's, let's talk about living it out in Romans chapter 6, 18. We're all slaves. We're all slaves. We're all born into this condition, this Psalms 51 condition of, Surely I was sinful from birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. One, you know, we're, we're, we're bound. We're, born, we're bound to a master only death can break. And so Jesus tells us, that when we're born, we're born again. We are de- we die to our our old selves, and we're resurrected to newness of life. We see that beautiful imagery when we do baptisms here at Emmanuel. And so, now the Apostle Paul, at the time writing as as he as he did, his audience, depending on what kind of historical culture scholars you follow, about two thirds of the Roman Empire would have been slaves at the time, listening to him. You know, say what he said in his different gospels as they were presented to, or uh, epistles as they were presented to him. So that population, those, the Romans would have been very intimately acquainted with being lorded over, of being mastered by someone. And so slavery obviously has changed in the centuries since our arrival. 
However, as Americans, I think we can truly and clearly say we know what it's like to be a slave to a sin or, or caught up or mastered by something. And so I have to ask you a question, and I ask myself this one as well. Do you look more like Christ today than you did this same time last year? This is the one that I sometimes don't like to look in the mirror and ask myself, do I look more like Christ today than I did a year ago? Imagine, just imagine, I I imagine that that's what God asks me every morning when I wake up. I've given you one more day of life. What are you going to do with it? I've given you one more year of life. What did you do with it? Um, What did you, what did you do? How did you pursue what I'm calling you to pursue? How did you know more Embrace it, live it, and share it. Philippians chapter 3 again. Not that I've already obtained it or I've already arrived at my goal, but I press on towards the goal of that for which Christ Jesus take, took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I not consider myself to have yet taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind, I strain on towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Yesterday was yesterday. Today is a new day. A new day is a new beginning. In a year, maybe I'll be here again and ask you the question, but maybe just remember, do you look more like Christ today than the same time last year? Do you look more like Christ today than a year ago because of what you have obtained, because of what you have pursued and pressed towards, taken hold of, strived towards, what are you mastering? What are you embracing as your who or what are you embracing as your master? Because I'll tell you, there's a greater, there, there's the greatest master, the greatest love story, the greatest rescue that I want to tell you about next. And so there's the author. The next slide is going to talk about how there's an author. The story doesn't end with us lost forever in sin. That's what I love about the, the the whole 66 books of the Bible. It's just story after story of people being redeemed and loved and shown mercy and forgiveness, and but also being held accountable by a zealous and jealous God. So the story does not end with us forever in sin. When we see the author of the story, um, we see the author of the story, God, providing genuine love. God knows that we're going to be a little skeptical. He knows that we're going to need some proof before we'll accept him. And so the journey towards truth often presses us to discern that proof. Now, what's the proof? The proof is that every love, I mean, every love story ever told has this in common. So-and-so guy pursuing so-and-so girl, overcoming multiple challenges and, you know, um, being waylaid by challenges to get the girl. Now, in the story of salvation, it's way better. It's way, it's real. It's a, it's, it's a God of all that is seen and unseen showing proof of his love that yet, that, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet Christ died for us. And so, then God. I love then God statements. There's a lot of different versions of them in the Bible where it's kind of the story's going, it's getting darker, it's getting more intense, it's getting like, what's going to happen? And then God. And then God. 
But God, in His rich mercy, because of His great love with which He loves us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace we have been saved and raised up with Him and seated with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming age He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter 2, 4 through 7. Okay, so based upon that, so God's going to wait till we get our act together, right? No. Wrong. Wrong. God's going to wait till we really mean it. No. No, that's not how it works either. God gave us life even though we don't have... He gives us life even though we don't have it all together. He gave us hope. He sent the Holy Spirit to help. Why? Because He loves us. Because He desires to have fellowship with us. And this is not the kind of love that like, man, I really love that Mexican restaurant. Or, hey, here, have my other half of this necklace. I'm like, you're my BFF. That's not the kind of love I'm talking about. This is a deep love. This is the God of all that is known... The God of the universe, all the creator of everything that's seen and unseen, the divine creator being loves you, 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 you. And so it's the love is the kind that is still extended to those of us who feel like that chief of sinner, who feel like that wretch. It's the kind of love that walks in and stays. And we need to share that love. We need to live that love. And so I want you to, I want to talk just a little, you know, you guys, when you take hold of that, when you take your knowledge, when you know what you know about yourself and about God and you embrace it, and you begin to live that, you are justified in that moment when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And so let's talk a little bit about justification. After a day of dirty yard work, a hot shower and a bar of soap make you clean. It's tempting to say, ah. It's just as if I'd never been dirty. But that would not adequately convey the power and value of the soap in the water. Better to, uh, better to look, apologies, better to look in the mirror and say, I was filthy, now I am clean. <laughs> Here's my mission. My mission today was not to rough up your salvation. <laughs> my mission today wasn't to come at you to uh in that way but rather reignite your zeal to just get remind you of your calling as we as we enter into this new year look i wasn't i i am married i was not at one point and i can now renew my vows but i can never again present them so for for those of us who are in christ jesus we have been justified we are we, we are the you know the Talk about lots of beautiful imagery of being a bride, and, and you know, so we are we are now in this point as those of us who are in Christ Jesus justified once for all. We can't be mostly justified. I love Princess Bride. You know, mostly dead. Have you seen that movie? <laughs> you can't be mostly dead. You can't. Um, oh, my mom, I would get sick, and she'd be like, 
oh, honey, do you have a touch of the plague? I'm like, mom, you can't have a touch of the plague. I was like, you either have it or you don't. You can't sort of be pregnant. You can't sort of be justified or saved. You either are or you aren't. So you take that knowledge of knowing that you're a sinful, fallen you know, human, but there is a just and loving, zealous and jealous, holy God that loves you and embrace that. And then you begin to live that. And hopefully it will make you want to have a a fire and a passion and a zeal to boil over and share that with others. And so, um, but we can become squishy saints. We can be Cheerio filled. We can become, um, you know, sanctification is that process whereby the Holy Spirit makes us more and more like Christ and we become more, uh, become holy as He is holy. And so let's bring this home. Let's talk about embracing it. What, this is, this is sort of the, one of these four, embracing it, living it, uh, sharing it, or knowing it, hopefully will resonate with you. What would your life look like if you allowed yourself to be fully embraced by God's love? What would it look like? More passion for others? Maybe a confidence in his plan? Time spent in prayer or reading your Bible? What do you need to embrace that you perhaps have not been embracing? Living it. Living it. Let's talk about that. What lifestyle choices are holding you back? from allowing God to embrace you and love you? What are what are you living that you need to do uh, better at or less of? What has got your arms so full that you can't accept anything else from God because you're holding on to the selfishness? You've, your just arms are full of lust and doubt and other things that you just, when it comes time to pull up to the table and tuck in, you're so full of Cheerios that you can't do it. So what lifestyle choices are holding you back this year from embracing God's love? And sharing it. This is difficult, but every single one of us in this room know somebody that we need to share the gospel with. We know somebody in our life that needs to know God loves them despite their circumstances and that he wants to bring the Holy Spirit in there to help them, to not wait for them to get their act together, but to help them put it together. And so how can you encourage them? And just thank God for his love. The motivation of the gospel is looking, look for a way that we can share that love. All right, I'm wrapping up. And I put know it last. I put know it last this time because I, I, I put the first step last this time because it's the one that's often the hardest. And it will require you taking inventory, knowing it. It will take you, it will take having to share some things. It will take you having to admit that you know that you have some confession to be had. That, you know, that we have to confess our sins one to one, uh, sins to each other and pray for each other so that we may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man, righteous person is powerful and effective. We as a church need to rally together around God's truth and point each other towards his glory this year. And so as I, as I draw to a close and as this next song plays, take some time to confess. Confess before God because you know and he knows where you are. Confess your love for him. 
confess the fact that you're excited that he's your Lord and Master. Confess that you're a little Cheerio-filled and apathetic. Confess your sin and ask for healing. I'm going to say, come pray with me right here, right now. Approach me later in the week. Approach me later in the week. God loves you, and so do I. I love you guys. God loves you, and so do I. And I want you to go into this year knowing that. And I want you... There there are a lot of righteous men and women in this congregation that I know would love to rally along your side and help you embrace and live and be able to share your faith and deepen it more each day. So I want you to know that, you know, we want to know what's going on. We want to be able to embrace it with you. We want to be able to help you live, and we want to help you bring honor and glory to God because God loves you, and so do we. And so during this next song, uh, I'll be off here to the side. I'm going to ask a few of our elders to just kind of be out in the dining hall. And if you want to come pray and confess and, and just ask for, for healing or just come out and have a, a prayer pray, you know, prayer of praise for, for what God has done in your life or what he's shown you today, do that. But know that we're here throughout every day. We are, call us, talk to us, text, email, Facebook, Messenger Pigeon, whatever you want. God loves you and so do we. Thank you.